Right, let's crack on. It's quarter past ten. Yeah. <clears throat> We're not going to talk about this for long. No. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom, as one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello there. In this episode, we're talking about the latest film from M. Night Shyamalan, Scary Beach, a.k.a. Old. Yeah. So. (laughs) So this is, yeah, the new film from M. Night Shyamalan. We saw the trailer for it. I think you were fairly sort of excited about the idea. Yep. Um, He's, for the M. Night Shyamalan, for those who don't know, he's the director behind things like The Sixth Sense, he also did uh, the happening. He signs. also signs. He also did the visit. Uh, the visit. Like he did, obviously the um, another thing he's really well known for is the split series. Yeah, which the also then split verse, which also ties into one of his early films, which is Unbreakable. Which and it turns right. out they were all joined together, and then you ended up with Glass at the end, which was just a fucking disaster. We talked about that. Yep. Um, and now he's back with. This is the second time he's done something that isn't an original from him. It's an adaptation of a graphic novel. Yes. Um, the other time being the massively successful adaptation of The Last Airbender. <laughs> um, so he's come back. He's doing this. It's a little scary horror film about a beach where time goes too quickly and everyone ages too quick. And it might be the most poorly made film I've ever seen. I think I would also agree. Just because on the, on a basic level, it was... I don't even think it was written. I think it was just scribbled. And the the I think what really pissed, wound me up the whole way through it is just... He just doesn't seem to know how to frame a shot. Yeah, that's... I don't know what the fuck was up with that, but there was literally just shots where you would see half of one person's face and half of someone else's, or it would just be focusing on a cloud in the background or yeah. something when you can't. And it's just, it was just, I felt like they zoomed in and cropped the movie wrong. Or like the people would be talking from off screen whilst he's panning the camera around and you can't see them delivering the lines, but you can hear them delivering the lines. And it's just, just really badly made. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's it's horribly made. Yeah. It doesn't work in the way that there are shots that are drawn for... Te- so we're saying... Hang on, but we're getting too far ahead. The, the plot of this film mm. is they go to a beach. Time passes differently on the beach. And they all age very, very quickly yeah. on the beach. Yes. Now... Chaos ensues. Yeah. Now I read the graphic novel today yeah. at lunchtime because I saw a thing the other day saying what's different from the graphic novel, and I thought, I, I, I'm that annoying pillock that always reads, reads everything, it, reads yeah. it. So I did that, and it's called Sandcastles, and it's it's really good. Yeah. It's really short. It's like 120 pages. Does a story, does interesting things with it. Things happen. You're like, oh god! And then it's got a message, and then it's got an ending that's very, very different from this one. Yeah. It's a very sad ending. Yeah. It's a very poignant ending. It's a very. It's not symbolic. It's very 
overt with its symbolism. But yeah. it's, it's it's a nice little um, like modern fable that Aesop would have yeah. written in like you know the mouse and the lion and the thorn and stuff like that. How the mouse kills the lion. As, or so we were told in Kong. Yeah, it's like, don't wish your time away and things like that. Yeah. Don't wish your time away. I can't wait now, until you're older. It's, it was like, yeah, so it was. That, we knew we were in trouble from that opening scene. So there, there was just this opening um, scene where you're introduced to this family who are going on a holiday mm. and they're in like a little minibus being taken presumably from the airport to the resort. And there's this girl is singing in the back and the mum is in frame and makes some weird comment about Oh, you, you've got such a beautiful voice. I can't wait until you're older. And then the other, then the the boy goes, "Oh, how how old do children have to be to go scuba diving?" And then the dad goes, "Oh, I don't think you're old enough yet, son." It's like, can you see what they're doing can here? You see what's happening? Can here you see with how every sentence every, leading up to the point of them getting to this beach? Every fucking. I was like, don't wish the time away. And it's like, fuck, we get it. Or like, if you'd seen the trailer and then like they just been been bombarded over the fucking air with this like, and the whole script is like that. Well, yeah. not even that. I feel like the script is. I don't think he wrote it. I really don't think he I wrote it. I don't know what this, that how this. So it's, so it's. So I get the way that things can offer, especially graphic novels, uh, the way that they're adapted in this slightly larger than life camp style. Yeah. So when you look at stuff like Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Yeah. Like they're quite camp in the way that they deal yeah. with things and he says stuff like oh I'm going to put dirt in your eye and like as much as you laugh at that line there are all these other things that happen within it that yeah. lend you to believe the fact that you're, you're in this heightened sense of reality Yeah. now I think he's kind of tried to do that in this but it hasn't worked because it's a very grounded script, well, it's and a very be, grounded story. Well, it's meant to be real people. That's the thing. I don't believe any for a second that any of these people are real people. No. The way they talk to one another is just ridiculous. Some of the things they say, the way that even just from the from an acting point of view, they just deliver things in this weird sort of staccato, clipped way yeah. that doesn't like. Sometimes it's complete. It's either completely emotionless or completely over the top and fucking melodramatic and nothing in between. Yeah. That's it. And it's just like, I feel like what I felt like for a lot of the time when we were watching, particularly all the stuff that happens on the beach, is that I was watching an actor's improvisation class. Right. And what had happened is he'd like given them the basic, like they'd given each one of them, it's like he was playing Dungeons and Dragons, he'd given them a character sheet. Mm -hmm. And on that character sheet, you had the name, you had their occupation, you had like, couple of paragraphs of backstory and that's it and you can do whatever you want and then he just and then he filmed it and he pointed the camera at whoever was talking and but that's he why he didn't point the camera at whoever sometimes was he did sometimes, sometimes he, he forgot that he was filming and some, then yeah. the, the camera skews off and starts looking at a cloud over the top of everybody's head yeah don't get me wrong there are films that can do that really effectively yeah. because it's like i think about like there's, I've got there's a good example of it that I can think of. Like because there's one point where there's a, a tracking shot where it's just the back of someone's head as they're coming onto this beach, mm. and like that, like on the face of it, it seems like a silly thing to do to shoot the back of someone's head. But again, if it's used correctly, that can be really effective. And I remember seeing a film called by Gus Van Zandt called Elephant. I don't know if yes. you've ever seen that, but there's loads of just long lingering shots of just tracking shots of people walking, yeah, and from the back of their head, and that's it. And 
there's a the, there's a point being made with it. It lulls you into this false sense of security because what Elephant is, for those who don't know, is about the Columbine shootings. Yeah. So you you get lulled into this mundane false sense of security where you're just watching someone go about their daily life and walk along, and then something horrific happens or something just shocking happens. So there's a use for that. But like M Night Shyamalan in this, he's like using these sort of art artsy shots or what he thinks is like some sort of, but it doesn't serve the story in any way. He doesn't. Mm. He's not making a point with it. It's just distracting and annoying yeah. because the people what you should be looking at, you're not. You're never framed on the person that should be talking, or you're like seeing the side of their head. Mm. Or it's, yeah, it's just but annoying. He does <laughs> this in like some of his other films? Like there's um. There's the scene, one of, the, and the, uh, uh, it's a remarkable film for me. Like, it, like Unbreakable is still one of those films yeah. that really stuck with me from the minute I saw it. And it's the shot when he walks into the kitchen, his son's got a gun pointed at him. Yeah. And you don't know what's happening off screen. You just can yeah. see how afraid. And they that are. is really effective. You're right. That is a perp. That's a great example of it from Emily. So he actually, knows yeah. how to do that. Yeah. But it felt like he didn't give a shit no he was just yeah and i feel like it got too convoluted and there were too many characters and they all had like yeah and they were all just just bizarre people the most they're not even paper thin they're just this sequence of um i don't know it seems like this there are all these like statement pieces and if they were in a like a lars von trier film They'd have what they were like written on a T-shirt. Yeah, I feel like, and that's that's why I feel like it's like this, this, this improv thing where they've just they've been thrown into a room and you said, right, you're here, you're with your wife, you're a nurse, she she has epilepsy, that's your character, go, yeah. and he just points the camera and that's it. And it, what you also it get doesn't ever that, feel like anything was done in more than one take. No, exactly. I feel like he used the first take of all of it, and like they were just figuring out what their lines were going to be because it was it, none of it was written down, and then they went, okay, yeah, fine, that's it. So, like, a perfect example is, like, right at the very beginning where we're introduced to, um, he's Ken Lung, the the actor's name, the guy who was in Lost. Let me um, the list. Yeah, we, we meet him, and then there's um, Count Adamar from um, A Knight's Tale. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, his what the... the, the Sewell. Yeah. So, the wife of the guy from Lost has a seizure, and then the, like, the doctor comes over, Hello. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. It's okay. I'm a nurse. It's okay. I'm a nurse. This is my wife. She suffers from, um, she, she suffers from epilepsy. epilepsy. My name is Kate or Casey or whatever his name is. Or you know, and it's like okay. And then he gets his name wrong. He goes, by the way, it's Casey. And it's like, what the fuck is this? What am yeah. I watching? I don't understand. Jarin. Jared. That's it. Oh, no, Jarin. Jarin. And it's Jarin because he calls him Jared. He calls him Jared because it's Jarin, and it's like. And it just it's all just like there's no the completely lack of emotion in all of it, mm. and it feels like yeah that was just that was a rehearsal right, and now you're gonna film it for real. No 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 that's it we're done, mm. move on next scene. Because this it's bizarre it's so weird. It's such a weird <laughs> film that's not weird in a good way. Yeah you know it's not, um, you know it's not funny games no. where it tricks you into the, it uses like Brechtian techniques to yeah. like pull you out of the film to really confuse you and be like. It's no, not, it's like it's it's trying you know, to it's, put them in, but at the same time make it you're meant you're meant to be bought into these people as real people. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like you can, like I say, you can do that Brechtian thing where they are these, you know, the caricatures and they're they're making a bit larger point and they're at they're off the wall and all the rest of it. Yeah, 
but not if the idea is that you're then meant to be invested in them as a family who mm. are worried about one another and all the. So no, that doesn't. No, it doesn't square. It doesn't work. No, and it doesn't. And I'm just hang on. I am just looking something up uh, because it was Joseph Campbell did the Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah, where he talks about like these archetypes that exist within all these films, like mm. Star Wars, for example, has the same archetypes that like a Knight of like a Knights of Arthur film will yeah. have that will also be the same in like a Magnificent Seven that will also be the same in like something else. Mm. Like they all share these commonalities and the treads between that. And I was like, right, so we've got a doctor, we've got a nurse, we've got a psychologist, we've got... And you start to see where this is coming from. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so there could be a way where we can start to break down these sort of social connections between the way that doctors treat nurses and the way that nurses are treated by doctors. And then you think about yes, like so. trophyism with like the doctor's trophy wife. And then, but then it, what it does is it starts, it starts doing something and then it winds it back to make it fit the twist at the end. Yeah. It's just, it's like it. Yeah. They've got these weird whole things about like, cause it's like, I tell you what, it, cause they start off with the kids at the very beginning and there's the, the young, um, kid who I can't remember, Trent his name is yeah who again for, for whatever reason I think that there was a decision made by Hollywood I think about sort of five years ago now where you cannot have a child in a movie who isn't at some somewhere on the spectrum yeah that is like and that now is it's a virtue signaling thing or whatever it happens to be but there has to be some sort of weird kid who may or may not suffer from autism or some sort of social disorder and they have to then have him in and, yeah. and that that's what they do they it's just like an unwritten rule so they have this kid running around and he's doing stuff like he keeps up hello what's your name and what's your occupation and like that's... but then like what's weird about it is that he does that but then all the adults kind of talk like that as well because they just like yeah. announce themselves as being like psychiatrists or whatever they happen to be, and then go off on these diatribes about it, or like the like the dad who just keeps going. Oh, it's not it's not statistically possible. Hey kids, you know that twenty five percent of all household accidents happen around coffee tables. It's like who talks like that? No one talks no. like that. What the fuck are you like? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like he's like I'm an insurance actuary, so I look at this, and it's like, but every single thing of every facet of their person is linked to their job which yeah. and and again you go right that could work like so we talk about like, we're talking about like a brechtian technique which is when you pull the audience out of the film to make them aware that they're watching something yeah and it's to make them realize that they are they're not in control and what's happening on stage is in control of somebody else yeah and it can be used in really interesting narrative narrative ways now i'm going to talk about funny games slightly because what happens in that is it's a home invasion film about two guys that turn up to a house mm. do a home invasion on a couple and their son. In that, the dad... Uh, is it, I think it was like a couple of episodes ago you talked about yeah. this exact thing. Where and he, he, kills shoots, yeah. he shoots the, the, the secondary antagonist and then the primary antagonist rewinds the film and says, no, it doesn't work that way. And then all this other yeah. stuff happens. And you start to see things like that in this. And you go, right. So we're in a position now where we're expecting like, right. So this guy's an actor. So he's going to do this. And this person's going to do this because of this. And they're all going to come together in this Shyamalanic way. Yeah. And they're all going to be able to be like, oh, right. Statistically, you can work on this, this and this. And we should be able to do that. And like the math works. If we've got a doctor here to do this and a psychologist here to do this, and this person here to do this. 
but was this person here? But no, none of it. It's all bollocks. Like they don't. So, but like, it they... all becomes self-serving to the twist ending. Yeah, and it's just like the like they have that weird like um, argument that just comes out of nowhere between between the main couple at the very beginning. Mm. And he's like, stop living in the past. All you do is live all in the future. All you do is live in the future. Because well, you stop living in the past. It's like, and again, because of their jobs, you live in the future because you're an actuary and you have to predict the yeah. likelihood of things happening. Or you live in the past because you work in a fucking um, in a, work in a museum. museum you and, you, and you look at things all day. And then she brings it back later on. She goes, oh, I was looking at one of these bones and I thought, well, one day that could be me. Does that make any sense? And I just started saying, and I'm like, no. No. Doesn't make any. Fu- I don't know what the fuck no, you're talking about. Sense. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, there's, there's almost a point there. Yeah. Like there is with everything in this film. There yeah. is almost a point, and yeah. that's why it's so frustrating. It becomes frustrating to the point of boring. Yeah. That nothing is really happening as you go, and then the direction becomes really frustrating as well yeah. because it's it does like this over. It seems to sort of try and fixate onto what you would expect like a oneer to do. Yeah. Which is to pan away slowly. And then to come back on something else, or they'll pan away when the kids are however old, and then they'll be slowly pan away, and then they'll pan back, and you'll be like, "Oh right, we've got another actors again." Oh no, we haven't. No, but they, yeah, they do this thing where they keep like hiding the kids' faces, and that only mm-hmm. seeing again, he's doing that same technique that he did in um, in Unbreakable, yeah. where he's he's showing them. It's like like they 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 were one of the effective use of it, I guess, was when they had the whole scene where the guys were guessing how old they were. Yeah, and said, "Oh, you're you must be what ten, eleven? He goes, "No, I'm six. Goes, what? Yeah, and then it turns around and you see that. Yeah, and it's like, but we all know but that. Also, but that's the thing. Like we know that because that's what we've seen going into this film. Yeah. But the worst part of that is that they go, "Oh no, they're children. They're having a tough time. They're projecting it in a different way. No, they're making fun of us. Let's go with it." Yeah, but they say that out loud. They say to that them. out loud. It's like there should be things like like that's the kind of thing that again it feels like a play where it would be like it's an it's an aside. Mm. It's something that where like they say it just to themselves and like the the, the uh, stage lighting would change so that they were highlighted in in mm. a spotlight and so it, it would be implied that they are just having this internal conversation to themselves, mm. not to everyone else. Or it's like you know a soliloquy where it talks directly to the audience. Yeah, but they don't do any of that. They just say things in front of one another. And it just it just doesn't it's so unreal and but it's meant to be real. It's just it's fucked. It's so yeah. bad. It's just it's just it's so Yeah, it's bollocks. It's, it's just, frustrating, it's stupid, it's boring, it's disappointing. Yeah. I think there's nothing memorable about no, it. There's I think, a scene at the end where you're supposed to have high tension where somebody's underwater and they're caught on something and you're like, Oh no, I wonder what's going oh you can see it wobbling yeah. because it's clearly made of rubber. Yeah. And then... Also, do you have any idea how brittle fucking coral is? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will say that I think the the last 20 minutes, there is a bit of a pickup. And it, it was the frustrating thing for me was that when they narrowed everything down, because there, there were just way too many characters on that beach mm. to give a shit about, quite frankly. And what they when they narrowed it all down, you had you came back to the central four characters. They actually had a couple of nice moments. And it's like, yeah. this is what it should have been. Because yeah. it is about you know kids dealing with their parents getting older, and having to look after them, and like the idea of that in this scenario, it's like these kids were literally six years old yesterday, and they still have the mentality of six year olds, but they're now like in their late teens. Yeah, but physically they are, but mentally they're still you know six year olds, and they're having to deal with the fact that their parents are like you know decaying in front of their eyes, 
And the same with that. And then the, from the parents' point of view, they say, oh, well, I'm watching this child grow up in front of me. And they do like quite an effective thing where the dad's eyes go and they show you his vision mm. start to blur. And then the mum loses hearing one of her ears. And it's like, this is the ravages of age happening to you as you and you, you're helpless to do anything about it. That's interesting. Yeah. If they just done the whole movie where it was just about that four, those four characters and had all their back and forth and all the rest of it, that could have been interesting. Yeah. But they didn't. They had no. brought all these extra people in there and all this ex- like added crap that just didn't need to be there. No. Um, yeah, and it's stupid. Uh, but the only thing I will say as well, I did. I actually thought works all right. And this is a spoiler. I don't know. Should we do a spoiler tag? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let me gently just say because I'll say about the book because mm. one of the things that I will say about the 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 ending in the book and the film are vastly different. Mm. So. Um, <sighs> What happens at the end of the book is you realise that what is happening there isn't really that important mm. because they there's a story and he sort of they sit down because all this and all loads of character differences are in there as well. An awful, in fact, yeah. But anyway, and they talk about then it gets to a point where the 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 guy that's on the beach who in this is a rapper. No, oh, yeah called mid-sized sedan for some reason because m night Shyamalan thinks he's funny thinks he's funny and thinks that's what rappers call he also themselves. thinks he can act which he really needs to get he out of his really head needs to get out he needs to stop doing that and um like it's fine give yourself a minor cameo like you did in unbreakable yeah but not no a full acting part no and um but then it gets to that point and who and the, the, so that so the rapper in the in the book is an Algerian immigrant who has, we believe, crossed this body of water uh, and ended up there. You don't know how he got there. He's just sleeping in a cave and has been like hiding out there for a bit. When he right. talks about having like a wife and a family back home, and and it gets to it, and all this stuff is happening around them, and he's like, "Well, if we're going to be here for the night, I'm going to tell you this story," and he tells a story about this half man that visits a king. And says, I've been sent by death. And the king breaks down and says, give me seven more years. Give me seven more years. Don't take this all from me. Let me, let me do this. Give me seven more years. I'm not ready. Right. And he goes, okay, I will give you seven more years. I'll come back in seven more years. And in that seven years, the king builds this great fortress around him. And it's like they talk about the moats and the walls and this, that, and the, and the other. And it comes up to the seventh year. And he's in this chamber on his own, like this impenetrable fortress. And he wakes up and death's messenger's there. And he starts, and he's like, no, I can't believe it. You can't be here. You can't be here. And he calls out to the guards. And he's like, you said this. And the guards are like, we've turned everybody away. We've turned away your wife, your children, your son, your daughter, all of your friends, everyone that was worried about you. We've turned them all away. No one's ever managed to get through. And then the king sees the mountains in the distance and realises that he's never touched snow. And then he has this, he sheds this single tear and realises he's wasted his life. Trying to avoid death. Trying to avoid death. Right. And not appreciated anything in that time when he had that point. And then you, and then the, the they ever, they all comes to the next morning and the only person that survived starts building a sandcastle 
as it builds this sort of fortress of solitude sort of yeah as a symbolic end and then the book ends and you're like right this has got a message in that's here. cool yeah okay and it's like this short little fable understanding message and it's really really interesting and really cool and the the art direction is very european and it's really fun in the way that things happen and it's quite uh it's like a coming of age story within a lot of other things and appreciating yeah. certain things in certain ways none of that's in this no no there's that small hint of it like you were saying like yeah at night when it's just the four of them yeah that's when you, and like some of the other confrontations between them but even then it's like it's you know you see the dad comforting the son but he's off to one side out out of frame out mm. of shot and you can't or you know and it's just like just focus it's on sacrificing that sacrificing because you've got this self-purported style and you're like oh no that's my style and you're like yeah but it doesn't work no doesn't it, yeah, yeah, it keeps me, it disconnects me from the characters, yeah, which is what you the whole point. I'm meant to be invested in them, and you keep yeah. by by continuously moving the camera around or panning away from them or just not even having them in focus. How the fuck am I ever supposed to identify yeah. with them or see what the hell you know? But or it's poorly framed as well, it's not and even that, like they're out of focus. That on top of the shot, fact that just... it's written like a fucking like a sledgehammer, yeah, it's just the most basic shit that you've yeah. ever heard people saying. It's like just yeah, just some of the. the like, it's, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely. I know this is said without a sense of hyperbole. This is one of the, if not the worst, screenplay. Like the dialogue in yeah. this is unbe- unparalleled. How bad it is. Yeah, it's just but like I'm just, things can come back to me now. Like the bit where like she tries to get the doctor to look at. Her, look, listen to me. I am someone who works in a museum. I am telling you this so you understand that I am rational. And I want you to look at it. I'm like, what the fuck? Just no one talks like this. Mm. It's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. Um, yeah, it's fucked. It's, yeah, awful. Awful, awful, awful. I, I hate to say it, but fucking hell. John Barrowman was right. <laughs> he was. It was fucking shite. He is shite. I'll give you that. All right, fucking John Barrowman. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a piece of shit as well. Yeah, but... true. Um, so that's what we thought of um, old. Um, but let's just talk about the spoilers. So we'll do yeah. a spoiler tag for the twist because inevitably it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There's a twist at the end. Of course there is. Of course there is. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I will say... Despite it not being needed. No, it's not needed. I will say it does actually work and make sense this one in a, in, in a way that they don't they never explain the phenomenon of what it is i was like because the thing with them like it could be fucking anything and every time they kept showing that like glint in that i was like is it going to be aliens is it going to be fucking werewolves are they on a fucking in a simulation it could be fucking anything with them like you have no idea yeah when they do show what it is or what part of it is anyway it makes sense and you go, ah, okay. And it's an, it makes an interest, like a semi-interesting point in that. It's like they've the idea that the twist is that it's there's a like a pharmaceutical company or you know a drug company who have found this beach where time mm. moves in this way, and they're they're using it as a way of testing medicines in yeah. a, in a rapid environment. So you are, you're able to see 
what difference it would make, you know, over a thirty year period yeah. in the space of one day. And you can do a you know, human trials like that and you understand whether it's gonna work or not for people who have chronic illnesses. Yeah. And that's why they they purposely target people with these illnesses and that's why we find out that every member of the, most of the people on the beach have got one of these illnesses and they are there's literally shown on the board they're yeah. like this person's got cardiovascular problems yeah. this person's got tuberculosis and they get, they get drugged as they enter the, the resort with some sort of experimental yeah. drug and then they get sent to the beach where they can see the the effects of it over the course of a day but in actual fact it's over the course of like 50 years and they yeah. can see whether it makes any difference or not yeah. and it's like right well, even you know in, modern, in today's world you know we've had obviously the COVID vaccine it's yeah. a prime example of it, and people are worried about. Well, it hasn't been tested. How do we know? That's the kind of thing where you go, well, yeah, if that existed, that's exactly what you would yeah. do, isn't it? You you give someone the jab, and then see if they recovered over over a fifty year period. But you can do it in a day. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but it's and it's this sense to rationalise it, which, and you go, okay, yeah, but like it goes, it it recontextualises the film in a way because you. You basically see pretty much all the characters die, mm-hmm. but then it makes this point at the end. They go, "Well, we've saved thousands of people's lives through the research that we've done here." Yeah. And it sort of makes that comment about you know human experimentation or just the, the, the yeah. what trial and error in medicine can do, and what you know, and that's kind of go right. If a place like this did exist for whatever metaphysical reason it does, and it was harnessed by big pharma. That is what would happen. I'm like, that makes sense much mm. more so than some of the like the the um, twists in like Glass, where it was like some ridiculous like shadowy organization that was behind it all or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it can still be that, like, yeah. But but it's it's it feels. It doesn't need it to be there. No, it doesn't need to be there, and it feels I don't know, like it feels like a modern trailer on like a classic car. Yeah, but even like, like that, it feels like putting. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel. It feels like there's a there's a bigger story that could have been done well. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just gone, and uh, it's got rockets on it now. It's got rockets, and it yeah. can fly. And what's weird about it as well is that that part at the end, when it comes off the beach and shows you like the the stuff going on in the background. Yeah. That's framed and shot like properly. Yeah. It's like. Okay, now we're off the beach. Now we're in the real world, in yeah. quotation marks. Now I'm going to start shooting things normally. Mm-hmm. And people are going to say things that make sense. And it's like... Well, so you, kind of. Well, so, well it, I, say, but, I say that, but you know what I mean. You it's find like, out that the, the, the writing the child to have sort of like neurological differences and being like, oh, is he does he have autism or Asperger's? Is that why that he walks up to people, asks them their name and occupation and then moves on? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's just a plot device. Yeah. It's just a plot. It's just. It's literally there because then he can be like, "Oh, that guy was a cop." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh yeah, let's do the interesting, slightly different kid, or like neurodiverse kid, or or, or we can do something where the, the the kid's a bit odd and he's got a quirk." Like, just have it happen in another way. Have them yeah. have a conversation. Well, not even that. Like, like be they, humans. But even that, like, if the point that they make with the whole pharmaceutical aspect of it is, they could even have have tapped into that they could say that like as the kid gets older on this beach he suddenly starts becoming a lot more like he he grows out almost grows out of his autism yeah. grows and becomes much more rational thinking and they yeah. go yeah that's because we we gave that those cat that candy that those kids ate when they first came in that was drugs and yeah. we and we effectively have like they could have said we found a cure for autism yeah but they didn't instead they, they said didn't. That they, they used just... they said the 
And then it didn't even make any sense. The one they said they cured on this run was the... Um, epilepsy. Epilepsy. But yeah. the woman died in having an epileptic fit. So yeah. they didn't cure it, did they? But, but they, what they, they said that she, that they... she didn't have an epileptic fit for 50 years, yeah. effectively. I'm like, that's great, but she still died of it at the end, though, didn't she? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, then it's, it's... Like, it's the case of being like, right, so we know that you give it to someone, you give it to a child, and yeah. then when they're 60, you give them another. Yeah. If, I get it, but like it would have been interesting if, if like, again, because it was you know, the, the, the kids having that, you know, whether it was autism or Asperger's or whatever it happened to be, seeing that slowly ch- his personality change over the course yeah. of the movie and sort of he becomes you know a, much, a more rational thinker as it goes and then they and he gets to the end he he realizes and then suddenly he goes fuck so that's what the because no, he, he you know we're in the spoiler territory now he yeah. survives yeah. and gets out and then they are able to break it down and say to him look because of what happened to you we are now able not only have we cured you we can potentially help millions of other people all around the world mm. with this expect because we've seen what happens now if we were to dr- um, give this drug to a six-year-old child we can effectively cure their yeah. whatever neurological and, and disease the thing, is they now have the capability and then to that, that that would that like option. to put that to him having he he's just gone through this like traumatic experience and lost his parents and most of it and then go right can you understand why we did that that would be like an interesting moral dilemma mm-hmm. and like a poignant point to end the movie on yeah nah I'm not going to do any of that again. I think we've just written a better version of it. <laughs> but like, we could have. There's so much that could have been done. Like, there's a film. I think it's called Ghosts of War that I watched recently. It's called Silver Bullet. <laughs> uh, no, it's called Ghosts of War, and it's basically about it's like this World War Two film where the this bunch of Allied soldiers all take refuge in this German. I think it's French yeah. house in the countryside, and they start getting haunted. And attacked by all the ghosts that are in there. Yeah. And then you get through the film and then something happens and you're like, you're right back at pretty much the start of the film again. Yeah. And you're like, hang on a second. Something's fucking. Mm. And then they pull you out and they're like, right, these guys have all been, these guys were all in Afghanistan and they were attacked in this situation. They've all got like these, they're trying to help them with their PTSD, like this horrible PTSD they got because of this incredibly traumatic experience that happened to them all at the same time. Yeah. That if they do this like intense therapy whilst they're unconscious, that they can pull them out. Yeah. And they can help them with that. And they show that they're like really injured in real life. And like there's a guy that keeps saying like his arm feels numb, but then in the real life, his arm's gone. Right. And like all these different things from happening, like a guy can't sit, like keeps like scratching his face, and then like, turns out he has got an eye. Yeah, it's not a good film, no. but it's better than this. Yeah, and does it have Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando? Oh fucking hell! Like that's a point. So they, that's um, Karen Adam. Uh, there's a yeah, so Rufus Sewell's character, and I can't remember if they said it was dementia or what's. But yeah, basically they say... It's like early onset dementia or Alzheimer's or something. Alzheimer's. So again, it's, it's a neurological disease. Yeah, and they, um, they, they mention it in the in the, in the the book. They the, the the wife whispers Alzheimer's when he's... Because he says like... Uh, like he hits the guy. He hits yeah. the Algerian guy who would have been the rapper in this. Um, in the face. And just and says like pineapple umbrella. And then he keeps saying these things. And she's like, oh, Alzheimer's. Like to herself, yeah. 
And they're like, what's that? And she's like, nothing. Like, because he doesn't want them to know. Like, he's an arsehole. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then it sort of becomes this sort of, like, dissension of, like, his mind failing him. Yeah, and again, like... Throughout it. But then they do it in this, but then they do it, like, fucking predators where they make this sort of weird power out of it and it just comes on suddenly and he's like suddenly starts just stabbing people yeah because you're like let's just weaponize illnesses and then they try that's what happens but even just like it's like they're trying to make some kind of point as well like the whole with you know he stabs and and kills the the rapper guy and there's this underlying thing of oh he was going to follow us home and he was going to steal all our stuff and it's like okay so there's a racist element to this then isn't it exactly we don't no, no one mentions it or it never yeah. gets brought up properly and it's like right again like you could if you just focused on one of these things like if you again if you could have completely got rid of the other family have it be about that family and show and like from an acting perspective like that is a a challenge that would be like incredible to watch in theory if someone was able to pull it off to show someone go through the stages of the Alzheimer's you know of your mind deteriorating over the course of just a day yeah like and how you could have slowly inched that along. Yeah, but no. But it felt like GCSE drama. No. It was yeah, that's exactly what it felt. It felt like GCSE drama students. You go right. This is your character. Um, you are a psychologist. You suffer from epilepsy. You have a sister um, who's older than you. But you're going to be older than her now. Um, yeah. And you're here on a vacation. Go. And that's it. And they all just say the most basic things. And then what? What would usually happen then is that there would be a, a director or someone would be watching it and go, right, that's a good starting point. Now I'm going to take away what you've done and write it. Because guess what? Actors can't write. Yeah. That's not what they're good at. And that's what this film feels like. It feels like they were, it was just written by the actors themselves on the day. They just made it up as they went along. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's bollocks. It's shit. No, it's fucking stupid. And I think, yeah, that kind of ramps up. Like, we can keep kicking it all night, but... Yeah. The fact is, it is fucking rubbish. Yeah. And it's a real disappointment because I was like, when I finished reading the book earlier, I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm in on this. I'm really interested to see how they're going to do this yeah. because they talk about, like, um, how quickly like, they're growing up. Like, the kids, for example, how quickly they're growing up. Like, they don't even really touch it upon it in this. There's an interesting part of it, but it's so quickly covered over in, for the sake of spectacle that there's no introspective part of it. What you mean? At the, all. the part when the coach just turns out pregnant? Yeah, because that <laughs> happens. The fuck. And she's like, like basically they're they because at this point they're teenagers. They both go off swimming because they don't want to be around their parents. Yeah. But because it's like European. They're a lot more comfortable with like nudity and sexual, uh, like a bit more comfortable sexually. And they go off and they're like lying on this rock together, and they're like, oh, "Yeah, I haven't felt like I'm feeling things now. Like I want to see you and I want to feel this and like yeah. I want to see like like what she calls in the book. She says like your the, your new hair and stuff like that. And it's like you can tell they're kids, but you can also tell that there's like this sexual awakening there. Yeah, and they and, and like, they don't do that in this. They talk about it in a really juvenile sense. And then but then how would and then they talk about it and then they're like, "Oh yeah, but she was sick. He was 6 years old. How do you know how babies are going to get made?" He's like, "Oh, I thought it takes like 10 or 12 times." That's something that a 10 or 11-year-old thinks. Not a six-year-old. No, a six-year-old just, has no idea. It doesn't make any sense, does it? I was just like, yeah, and even just I remember that 
that's another one where it's just really frustratingly shocks. It's like they're trying to get this point across where they're like, I feel different, and I feel like it feels like everything's different in my head. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. The idea of like accelerated going through, um, uh, you know, adolescence, and all suddenly all this, like you yeah. say, the, your sexual feelings and stuff coming out of nowhere, but still having the mentality of, of like a six year old. But as they they're getting into this, and you're trying to listen to what they're saying, it's shot from behind one of their heads, and you can see half of one of their eyes as they're laying down next to each other in a tent. Yeah, and it's just like I can't eat. I can barely even concentrate on what's being said at the moment because it's so weirdly shot, and it's so muffled, and it's muffled, and I don't. And they're talking bollocks anyway because they're kids. And you've just made this so much harder than it needs to be by shooting it yeah. the way you've shot it. Like, just do an overhead shot of the two of them looking at each other. Yeah. It's just, it's easy. It's there. Like, what, I, yeah, fucking idiot. Also, <laughs> it's got this what, horrible like voyeurism to it as well because it feels like you're like the third person yeah. there because of how like intimately it's shot. And it's shot very intimately, but it's the kids are talking in a way where you're like, right, these kids are starting to have a sexual awakening. The next shot, they're acting like four and five year olds again. Yeah, like shoveling handfuls of pasta in her mouth, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I just got a bit of fat." And you're like, "It's fucking weird. It's really fucking the, weird." The character from thirty seconds ago, yeah, which is I don't know a month, yeah, was reacting differently. You don't suddenly jump forward in age then jump back or jump back like there's no logical consistency no. to it like the way that they sort of they age but then they don't age and they're like oh we don't age because we're older you know well, you, you do again like you get to the end of the film and you get you know the two characters who are now like middle aged they're like they're in their yeah. 50s but the way they're talking even though they're like there's a childlikeness to them yeah they still kind of act like adults they rationalise and they think yeah. about things even though they've only been there a day. And then like, there's, there's exactly there's the comment when he's like, Oh, what did she say? And he's like, Well, what what would you expect my aunt to say when yesterday when today she heard from her fifty six year old nephew who was six yesterday? And like, hang on, you're six. Well, like, I know the, a lot's happened. It's like, yeah, and that's what yeah, it's inconsistent in terms of yeah, if you wanna make the point about their brains their brain chemistry is literally changing and the maturity being like forced upon them that's one point but then you can't then pick and choose almost on a line by line basis whether mm. they're going to be children or not exactly like... and that's again like <laughs> another thing that the book does that's quite interesting is that the baby survives in the book okay the baby is the surviving character right Everybody else dies throughout the night because they've aged so much. By the time that the baby's there the next day, she's an adult, but she hasn't had time to learn how to speak. So she's still like gargling, like murmur, murmur. But then she starts like mimicking the behaviors of watching when they were making the sound cuts because that's all she knows is to sleep, feed, call for mum, and seeing somebody build a sandcastle and you're like there's and that's the thing it's like how quickly people grow and it's like the lack of appreciation for like what's there right now yeah but then in this it just becomes the lack of appreciation of right right here right now is what's happening in the film because it all feels like it's just building up to the twist yeah to be like no 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 like you really need to see how I finish this and you get to that point and you go oh that does work that is clever Shame you made a shit film. Yeah, like everything up to it. And I was looking out. It's like it's an hour and forty eight minutes. It was this. Fuck me. It felt a fucking lot longer than that, didn't it? Hannah turned to me 
in so this is Hannah came with us on this one because she was really excited about it <laughs> and uh, she turned to me and she was like how long is left on this because we've been here an hour and I was like I don't know maybe like 10 20 minutes no 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 it's just it's it feels so much longer than it is yeah um, so much that could have been cut out and re-added in and tidied up and you know done better just, just have another take just do one more take just <laughs> Get somebody else in to write the screenplay and the script. Someone that's get better not actors. Fucking hack. Like the thing is, the actors are good. Like this is Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah, he's good. And like we have got Rufus Sewell. We've got um, I've forgotten her name now. She was in um, Mackenzie, whatever her name is. Yeah, who's also going to be in Last Night in Soho. Yes. So like the the cast are good. Yeah. We've seen them in other things. We've seen them do a lot better. But that's what I mean. Like I feel but like it's just the, all the material that they've yeah. given was just absolute bollocks. But I feel like either, like I say, either it's the first draft and they were improvising, and that's why it's fit, yeah. like the way they delivered it was very staccato and like expressionless, or they've been directed to do it that way. Yeah. Like either way, something's gone wrong because, like you say, they're, they're not inherently in and of themselves bad actors, but it comes across that way. It comes across as bad acting because of the fact yeah. that because because of just bad direction is it comes down to really yeah it's badly directed and it's badly written so badly it's, written, it's badly directed it's all, badly pulled together yeah like, it's all so M. Night Shyamalan it's, it's, it's another one and you know looking back at his filmography he's at a point in his career where he's had more stinkers than good ones mm. definitely I think there are there are a handful of really good films that he's made to be fair yeah and it's like, like Signs is pretty divisive like Signs is an, is an effective film until the twist Mm. And this is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. It's a crap film, but the twist works. But then you get to the twist and you go, huh, that does work. Yeah. It's a shame everything else about it is rubbish. And the yeah. problem with, and like Signs, um, and like The Village, yeah. is another one. Like it's, it's a good film until you get to the twist. Yeah. And like I appreciate, like, the, the, there is an argument about Signs, for example, because we were originally going to do like a Grand Rewatch. Yeah, we ran out of time. Point, but we just weren't going to have time. But the thing about signs is that there's an argument to be made about that when they say about water. And they're like, oh, they're playing this 80% water. And it's like, yeah, but like War of the Worlds. Yeah. You know, War of the Worlds was written and been produced so many times and they're inevitably wiped out by a disease. Yeah. And wiped like, up they're the, common, the common cold. Pretty much the common yeah. cold. Like, and, uh, but then it's just like, yeah, these simple things that you don't think about and yeah. stuff like that. Like that happens all the time in the real world. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, and it's, there's so much like signs is okay. Village, okay. Six Sense and Unbreakable, brilliant. Yeah. Girl in the Water, guff. Avatar, guff. The Visit, kind of guff. You know, After Earth. After, fucking hell, he made After Earth. Yeah. Absolute bollocks. Yeah. Um, Glass, guff. Split, pretty good. Yeah, I like Split. Like the fact that it does it does tie into Unbreakable. It's a cool idea. Yeah, and then he completely shit the bed when he did Glass. Yeah, because Glass was absolute. Yeah, exactly. Bollocks. Starts really well. Yeah, and then just absolutely falls apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like yeah. like I say, he's he's more misses than hits. His his best days are long behind him. Yeah. Um, and I it's a shame because every now and again, like you say, we get Split. And I think like, yeah, Split was the, the the exception. I think to that, it's like he, when you go back to it, like his old his first three films, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's 
Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. Yeah, those were all good. And then from that point, it's all been downhill. And then suddenly there was it felt like there was a little bit of a resurgence with Split. And then he went and fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is another one. Yeah, and then old. He did a TV series called Servant. Not heard of it. I think it's an Apple TV thing. Yeah. Glass Split The Visit. After Earth, The Last Airbender. Ah, oh, let's not forget The Happening. Oh yeah, Lady in the Water, Village Signs, Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, and Wide Awake and Praying with Anger, like nineteen ninety two, ninety eight. Yeah, so we've got. And don't forget, he wrote Stuart Little. He did. Did. Uh, let's have a look at his writing credits. Oh, uh, he wrote Bonfire of the Vanities. He wrote Devil. Uh, which is about uh, a bunch of people stuck in a lift. Mm. He wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little. He wrote Praying with Anger, wrote Wide Awake, Six Sense Unbreakable Signs, Village, Lady in the Water Happening, Last Airbender, Devil After Earth, Visit, Split, Glass, Old, and Labour of Love is his new one, which uh, sounds dumb. Yep. So yeah. old, old was rubbish. Old was rubbish. Don't um, go and watch it, and just save your time and go and watch one of his good films instead. Yeah, um, and yet another example of why horror is usually my least favourite genre. Yeah, uh, we've done even a horror film. No, we, I mean, we, we've we've done two on the bounce now. Arguably, having done the Purge franchise, mm. we started out as a horror, and they that most recent one was crap, and this was also crap. Um, yeah. So there you go. But there are a few sort of uh, there's some really good horror films cut. Coming up, yeah, you said that when you saw the trailer for this, though, didn't you? Yeah. So let's just wait and see, shall we? There's one with uh, Rebecca Ferguson that I just watched. It's got, I bet it's got. It's called something like Dead House or something like that. Bad House. Or no, it's Reminiscence. But uh, where um, oh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's forgotten how to do an American accent. Anyway. Anyway. Thanks for right. listening, guys. We're we'll wrap do it up. Suicide now. Squad next. Yes. So the Suicide Squad. So it's a reboot type-ish thing. Uh, with James Gunn, should be fairly interesting. Um, I was gonna suggest to you that you do a grand rewatch and watch the original Suicide Squad, but maybe. Yeah, yeah all right. That I was think, fucking rubbish. Yeah, it was. But I, I think the, the thing with this new one is that it's inevitably going to be compared to the original. Yeah, that? I definitely Ho- think we should. And hopefully, going to be a lot better. I think we should watch Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just to give an indication of. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm off as you know to um I'm away for the next few days, but if we can squeeze them in and just watch them over the over the weekend, and then when we come to do the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. we'll have them to compare to. Um, because that's the thing with that original Suicide Squad, they were like desperately trying to replicate the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and now they've come full circle and actually just hired the guy who did yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy to From make the it. The guy for that him. made the film that we wish we'd have made. Yeah, exactly. Comes the film that we're really glad that we've kind of made. Yeah. But yeah, there's 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 a lot to unpick with the Suicide Squad. Absolutely. So, so well, um, I think we'll that get might into be that. a bumper episode next week. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Okay, thanks right. for listening, guys, and Bye, we'll everyone. see you then. Bye. Bye. Don't go and see this film. Don't do it. I'm glad I spent eight pounds on the book. How how long was the book then? Like a hundred pages.
graphic novel. It's a graphic novel, it's 100 pages, it's quite a nice little... Um, it's actually a really... Oh, yeah, I'll get to you, and I'll get to that in a bit, but... Yeah. Was it like that scene at the end where it was just the, the four family members? And it was like, oh, that's what this should have been. Was it like that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, they're recording, yeah? Yeah, man. <laughs> 